Heaven High. Heaven High. What's the topic today for episode 225? Intercity 225. The topic today is now the Paralympics are over. Can we please stop going on about disableds? I agree. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> I know you agree because you're a monster. Yes, I am a monster. You hate disableds. And being a monster, ironically, that would make me uh, acceptable at the Paralympics. I believe that's T16 for swimming. Exactly. All monsters and and other supernatural deplorable entities. <laughs> You're a horrible person. Mm. And I hope that our single disabled listener yes. writes a very, very unpleasant email addressed to you and not me. They can't write. They don't have any arms. Oh, you're horrible. And I would say they can't dictate either because they can't speak. As my son would say, you're, you're horrible. Is he disabled as well, then? He's disabled in speech. Oh, pity. T-82. Um, <laughs> yeah. And he was almost killed by a cyclist. You hate cyclists and you wish they all oh died. Oh, my goodness. Because, of course, because of course it has nothing to do with your being a horrifically bad parent who should be in prison. It was all the cyclist's fault. Well, funnily enough, that's the same position that the cyclist took. I, I agree with the cyclist. I, I, Do you? Yes. Oh, good. I, I, I'm going to be witness for the cyclist at okay. the court case. Okay. When he sues you. Shall I tell that story? You know, I feel really horrible about the opening of this episode. I'm going to be. I'm going to be. A, I'm going to be a character witness for the cyclist. I know you are. I, I, I naturally assume you will take any side that involves my being in the wrong. I know, I know what you're like with regard to any transport or movement on a path. I've seen you uh, violently assault an old lady's trolley. I've seen you be willfully misogynistic in a car. So I know what you're like. You're a, you're <laughs> Nick, a monster. Just to, for the listener, T-82. Nick's understanding of of, uh, of misogyny is I, is recognizing that the person was who was being who was driving badly was a woman. Rather so shouting that she was a woman rather than shouting she was a stupid man. I said stupid woman. Exactly. And for Nick, that's misogyny. It is. And I'm Isn't offended it? by it. I know you were offended. Yes. So let, let's, hear, let, let, let's hear your complete rewriting of the story to make you sound better. Okay. So we were, it's a very difficult to imagine position we were in. Uh, yeah. It's a little tiny, tiny little village called Avoncliff. That already um, is a problem. Which has a tiny little train station. <sighs> where one of the platforms is so short that you have to be in the front carriage of the train to get off. Okay, so you basically went to. We are everybody out for Brexit. Uh, Not really. I don't. I don't imagine it's like that. Come on, it's too small. There's not enough people there to to be in favour of Brexit. Right. Okay. Um. uh, So we we got off the station at got off the train at Freshford and walked to Avoncliff, which is nice. Twenty minutes. All these names: Freshford, Avoncliff. I hate this place. Um. And Avoncliff is very peculiar because there is a canal that goes over a river homophobe yep which thank you which is it looks like an escher drawing mm-hmm. um in its design right so there's uh, whatever a bridge with a canal over on it goes over this river and there's an underpass for human beings and cars and bikes and or a dr dogs. seuss or a dr seuss drawing yes if you yeah. like mm-hmm. uh pronounce it correctly please dr dr zeiss thank you mm-hmm. um and so this underpass very 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 rarely a car goes under it Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen one car go under it ever. Uh, I was there with Toby on Wednesday, and we were playing under there. Shout- he was shouting "Echo" and jumping around, and having lots of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were there again on Friday with Laura. Right. Um, this time a car went under, and so we were being extra careful because we didn't even know that cars could go on this p- particular patch of gravelly underpass. What were you doing in this awful place? 
Uh, we just go for a walk. It's a lovely walk from walk Freshford somewhere Toby nicer by the river. It's a lovely place to go for a walk by the river. You get to walk through a tree tunnel, which Toby thinks is for trains, and therefore he is a train. Uh-huh. That's good. As I said, yeah. Very pretty river. Mm-hmm. Uh, very lovely area. Very nice. Um, mm-hmm. And the Avoncliffe, there's a little cafe that mm-hmm. sells teas and coffees and such like. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's now only open Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Right. So when I went there with him on Wednesday, we couldn't go in. Mm-hmm. So that was nice. So we got there on Friday and it was still open, even though it was after three o'clock. We were shocked. Mm-hmm. Uh, it doesn't accept credit cards. Well, obviously, anybody called Freshford or, or, or even UKIP is not going to accept credit cards. <laughs> so we went in. I went in and I said, Do you, have you considered joining the 20th century and getting a card machine? You actually said that, did yes, you? Yes, because I was so cross at this point. Having right. Been... No wonder now. No wonder. <laughs> and the girl said, uh, no. And I said, it's really annoying to have walked this far and not be able to buy anything. You silly people. And then left. Silly woman, you actually said. Silly I didn't, woman. Say, I didn't say silly people or silly women. But, yeah. Um, oh, it makes me cross. Anyways, cash only. And there's no cash machine within a mile, literally miles. Mm-hmm. So they're idiots and they deserve to die. Uh, not humanly, their business deserves to die. Yeah. Um, you can get an app on your phone to do credit card transactions for crying out loud. Mm, I think they just don't want to be part of the evil big Zio economy. <laughs> That explains why they only accept Avoncliff dollar. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, we're in this underpass and Toby's playing and bikes are going past every now and then and, and uh, dog people on, are walking their dogs. That's why Toby is playing on the bike path. It's not a bike path. It's an yes. underpass. It's, a, it's, it's wide enough for a car, although we're shocked that cars ever go on it. Um, but it's mostly pedestrians. He's playing in the middle of the road. He's not. So we're at the, we're at the, far, we're at the one side sitting on this little wall. Um, and then these two bikes come, and so the underpass is, it's an underpass, therefore it's got a very steep slope one side, a very steep slope the other side. Uh, these cars, these bikes come down at the absolutely most extraordinary speed, and Toby is... Yeah, because it's a road, as you just said, it's a road. They're driving, they're driving a vehicle in a vehicular road. It's, yep. a, it's a pedestrian underpass. It's the only way for pedestrians Excuse to get me, from one you, side you, to the other. You told me that cars can drive through. Yes, I'm, uh, cars... So it's uh, a road. <laughs> whatever you want to call it whatever else it is it's it's, it's a vehicular road so, so okay so a vehicle drives down a vehicular road what happens next um, and they come down at such a speed Toby in confusion steps toward the bikes so so you allow your child to step into the middle of a, a road okay. into the middle just one foot from the side into the um, road yeah the guy the, the, this gentleman and lady cycling the bikes and the gentleman uh, clips Toby screeches to a halt and then he doesn't fly. clip Toby at all he does it, anybody at that speed who clips a toddler the toddler doesn't come out of it with unscathed we end. don't know how he came out unscathed but i saw toby get spun by the bike maybe he just spun by the maybe he the, just the spun by maybe it was just the wind uh yeah. the guy uh was going so fast that when he broke he flew over his handlebars at the most Oof. extraordinary speed that's awful Fle- i know it was horrible flew through the air and then landed on into the wall on his face oh my god and that's it was like uh lady diana all over again it's pretty much all i've seen every time i've closed my eyes for the last few days mm. um he split his chin open such Cleft. that it genuinely looked like he had two mouths um yes. and he used one of those mouths to just lie on the ground and shout at me well that's good he was an astonishingly unpleasant individual <laughs> Well, uh, if 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 if, um, if I were such a bad parent that I'd allowed my child to um, break my face open, I might be shouting as well. To be fair, 
I, I doubt it. I imagine you might accept that uh, going down a blind corner at such an extraordinary speed on a road, as you point out, had a car been coming in the other way, he would have died. Yes. Um, although cars go at about two miles an hour around there because it is an, a frighteningly tight corner of ext- an extremely steep slopes. It's, it's a place where every bike I've ever seen comes down very, very carefully because it's so dangerous because you can't see what's coming and because it is a pedestrian right of way. Yeah, but if I were you, I wouldn't have necessarily taken this moment to uh, shout back. I didn't. I was uh, I was peculiarly calm. Well, um, uh, Laura said you were very professional. <laughs> I don't know if I was a professional. But... No, I think it was something like calm, professional or something I like that. I think I was just, uh, just in convenient shock. Um, but uh, so he, he and his wife were instantly... It was really odd. You imagine their first priority would be, oh my God, I split my chin open, ow, ow, ow. But instead mm. their first priority was to yell, how dare you bloody parents? And they didn't talk to us specifically. They talked about parents in general. You parents, you don't control your children. You are ever... It was all very, very strange because what happened was Toby, uh, he was one, stepped out. Laura immediately shouted and grabbed for him. Um, this whole thing was so fast. They were going so, you know, the fact that he why was flew Toby, so far. Why, was, why did Toby walk into the middle of the road? He didn't, as I say, he took one step into, from the side of the road. You need, to, to, you need to teach him not to walk into the, re- into the streets. Obviously, that's a, a large priority for us. Again, it wasn't a street. There was no pavement to step off. There was no indication. Well, it was a... sounds like it sounds like a horrifically dangerous place. Yes, to bring absolutely. Top. Never absolutely. go back there ever again. Not that um, you'll be able to, because you'll have post-traumatic stress every time you go there <laughs> and be a jibbering wreck. But no, it doesn't sound like it's a suitable place to bring a one-year-old. Uh, it, it, Especially, it, I mean, because as you say. Uh, a car. There could have been an Audi driver coming around the other corner. Yes, yes absolutely. And you know, at that point. You know, so let's let's never go there again. Let's have this place closed down. In fact, <laughs> okay, we'll have it closed down. But this yeah. is a more generous position. I assumed you were going to be taking. Anyway, um, yeah. yeah. So this guy was. Uh, I I so I straight away had Laura take Toby away, called an ambulance, um, and a doctor on a bike happened to be going past, and he stopped. <laughs> it would have been funnier if the doctor himself, uh, Toby, jumped back in again. The doctor went over the man with the cliff. That would have been. Cliff, you know? That would have been, been hilarious. Good. He um, and the doctor, of course, was an absolute prick. Was he a GP? I don't know. He didn't Must say. Uh, but uh, I assume he was from from his attitude. I assume he wasn't a GP. I assume he was a hospital doctor because he had very much had the attitude of a man who gets one day off a fortnight and was asked being asked to do his job on it, which yeah. I'm very sympathetic toward. Um, so I was on the phone to the ambulance and there was, I said, there is a doctor at the scene. And she goes, oh, will he be able to stay until the ambulance arrives? So I said, excuse me, sir, will you be able to stay? And he goes, well, how long will it be? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I said, do you know how long it'd be? She said, no, I don't. I'm I'm sorry she doesn't know. She goes, oh, well, I don't know. I got really cross with me for asking that question. So that was nice. Mm. Um, and then the ambulance You're lady, telling me this is not UKIP Central? The ambulance lady... Sounded very much like it. They're cyclists is. coming from far away in their stupid cycling gear. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, and so uh, the lady on the phone is telling me not to move him while the doctor is getting him up to walk him into the pub. Okay. Um... You should have offered to buy him a pint and everything would have been fine. As I walked, I, so I got off the phone, the ambulance was coming. Um, this place was so remote, I had a lot of trouble getting the emergency services to understand where we were. Um, I walked with the Can doctor. Can you not send a pin to emergency services? No. That and even when a... I told her Avoncliffe, she couldn't find it. The, uh, come on, emergency services, mm. just let us send you a pin. I wasn't impressed. Anyway, so I was walking back with the guy and the doctor to the pub and the guy carries on and he's got this horrible, massive 
chunk like the second mouth a really huge huge gut and he's using this first mouth to keep going on and on at me and i said he said you are blah blah and i said sir I'm, I'm very sorry but you were going extraordinarily fast and and therefore there was an accident and it and it was an accident um oh but you parent and i said he's one year old and he didn't understand and he took a step out and because you were going so fast you were unable to to safely stop um and i'm very sorry that it's happened but it but it, it was an accident and and his wife is meanwhile right, racing around like she's in full shock and she's just racing around like a complete loony shouting at laura and being generally horrible um and of course we're trying to protect toby from all this who's utterly terrified having been why didn't laura why didn't laura just take toby away somewhere else like she did to- but then what was what was the wife and doing with Laura and Toby? Well, at the the moment of the crash, Laura was trying to see if the guy was okay. Yeah. Um, but thereafter, she said, "Okay, take it." Oh, she did. That's what I. Well, that's what I said. I had Toby, or something. That's they went off to the pub, and Toby had an ice cream. But you've just said that she was shouting at him. Yes, for... in the moment, in the immediate oh, the moment. Well, who cares about the moment? Anyway, then she's bustling around like a loony. And and the ambulance people come, and I direct the ambulance through. And so I like I go to meet the ambulance. The ambulance who can't fit under the underpass. Mm-hmm. Just to give you an idea of how incredibly narrow and tight this this space mm-hmm. is, um, and as I, I'm waiting for the ambulance up there, and then the lady from the pub comes around the corner. She obviously saw the blue lights and came around to meet the ambulance too. And she came up to me and she said, "Oh my goodness, that man is rude," oh. which gave me a little relief to realise it wasn't just wasn't just me being defensive parent. It was he was just a complete prick. Anyway, as we were leaving. I went back in to talk to him again because I didn't feel okay just going. And that was the weird thing. Like, after a car accident, you can't just drive off. You have to exchange details. But yeah. with a human accident, you can just walk off. It was very yeah. strange. Humans so I, aren't insured. I know. Exactly. I said to the emergency services, I said, can I, do we, what do we do? Do I need to stay? Do and he goes, oh, no, you can just go. Because our train was in <laughs> 10 minutes. And I was, oh, yeah. no, no, no. So I went back in to talk to him again and because I didn't feel okay just walking off. And he had become a lot more conciliatory at this point. And I couldn't quite understand whether he seemed to be saying something about whether he I think it sounded like he was saying he should have taken more care. But yeah. I, he may have been telling me off again in a, in a calmer tone. I couldn't quite tell. And then he asked me what my name was and told me his. And he, the whole thing became a lot more amenable and well, of course, he was amiable. Even, sure. um, yes. And so that was all very, very unpleasant. What was interesting was Toby processing it uh-huh. because he saw too much. Uh-huh. Um, and you know he's 22 months and so uh, we had fortunately Laura had read read something previously about how the best thing to do is to have the child talk about it as much as they want whereas your uh-huh. instinct as a parent is to stop them protect them and go no 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 look at the funny shiny thing over here yeah um, but we knew not to do that which was good and so he, ta- he told us the story again and again and again and going to bed that night normally he wants to sing wheels on the bus for 400 verses but he couldn't focus on it he kept coming back to the story again uh-huh um and at one point telling the story, he told the story that it was Toby's fault. And it was, ah! Well, good. I'm glad he's learning responsibility. So um, we had to... Say, no, Toby, it's mummy and daddy's fault. We said the only way we could get him to step away from responsibility was to create the naughty man. The naughty man was going too fast, which may be unfair on the naughty man. It is, because you're basically saying you... You should say... Um, Sometimes people go fast, and Toby learned a good lesson today. <laughs> that you need to be careful. No, because there's no, there's no, uh, there's no life lesson to learn from such a bizarre and unique circumstance. Toby gets told off when we go, when we're walking on on the pavement. Toby uh-huh. get Toby hears about how dangerous roads are and how Toby has to walk by the wall and all this all the time. He knows the rules, but the, the rules didn't apply there. It was all very peculiar. Anyway, so it was really interesting just having have him having to relive it again and again and again. Yeah, but- 
but finally enough, he's now forgotten about it. He hasn't. He still talks, but it's becoming so much more infrequent now. So he, if he hears the word chin, <laughs> that's a trigger for him. And he tells about the man and the chin and that dad. His most, his his key phrases are that a man on bike went bang had owie, uh-huh. um, chin, and then dada phoned the noonar. Okay, well he did. Um, that's his key moment. Have you told? I mean, have you told? I see you told him that the 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 man on bikes owie's better now. Yes, exactly. And that was the the one lie I told him yeah, was that the man was all better. Oh, good. And it's yeah. really I'd never lie to him, and it was really. And I thought this is I can't not lie at this point. So he had a plaster on his elbow at the time from having fallen over the day before, mm-hmm. and so I said, Toby's got to put the 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 men, the men from the Nunar put the plaster on the man's people. Put, put, people, they don't have to be men. They were John. two. They were two men. Doesn't matter. Stop okay, being sorry, obsessed with the gender of these people. <laughs> um, put a plaster on the man's chin to make it all better. And I said, Toby has a plaster on his elbow. And he said, oh, elbow bang, Toby bang, plaster, plaster. And I said, yes, and what's your elbow like now? And he said, oh, better. And then managed to make the association that the man would therefore be all better. And well, There you go. As, as Robert Morgan said, it's every parent's duty to lie to their children. Well, I like to avoid lying as, as much as I can. But mm. it's interesting that he, he put it all together for himself. And also, what's really, what I find most strange about all of this is not knowing. So I don't know the consequences. Maybe this guy broke a rib. Maybe uh, he requires reconstructive surgery. Maybe he just yes. had a couple of stitches and got back on his bike. It may, you know, I have no way, and I'll never know. And there's something really narratively awful about it. Well, you could have gotten his email address. It wasn't really appropriate in the circumstances. You could say, "Give me your email address. I want to send you something." Oh, with the the their attitude, if they had, if they had said, "Oh gosh, we wish you hadn't let your son step out," or if you know, mm. or, or said, "Oh, if only we," if they had been conciliatory in a sensible way, if there had been something constructive about any of it, then maybe that would have happened. But when they they seem so dangerous, they weren't dangerous. They just had a huge amount of stress hormone pumping through them. I know, but it just didn't seem appropriate to try and form lasting relationships with these people. Uh, uh, at the weekend, we saw Chinatown at the cinema. Did you? Yes. What did you do with Judith? Uh, she uh, stayed with Gregory and Leanna and Jessica, and they had a movie night where they watched uh, The Princess and the Frog. Okay. Where uh, I mean, Jessica watched about, I don't know, 10, 15 minutes of it, and then she was running around the room and doing the things. How old is might. Jessica? She, well, how old is she now? Eight. She's well, not eighteen months. She's two, two and a half. Okay. But she's very. She's active. She hmm. she has no time for these things. So she was. You know. She she watched the beginning of it and she was interested in it. But then I think it became a little bit too complex. So we said, well, next next week, why not? Because we're going to. I'm going. To, I'm going to take Victoria to see two thousand and one on the big screen next oh, that'll week. Be fun. Because she's seen it on telly and has hated it on telly. I said, yeah, it doesn't work on telly. It's I've seen bro- it on telly and, and absolutely loved it. So. It's broken on telly. And it's on a 17mm print at the cinema. So we said, we're going. And so Judith next week is, is going to be watching another movie with Jessica. And, she, and it was suggested that it be Frozen. But I thought, no, that's a bit too complicated. <coughs> Excuse me. Sorry about that. Curse you. Thank and you. then and, and so instead of Frozen, we thought maybe Shaun the Sheep. Oh, gosh, how boring. Well, it'll be good for for Jessica. There's not much talking. It's a lot of slapstick and so on. So fair enough. It'll be Sean the theme. So so yes, yesterday I had to look after Jessica and Judith for the whole day because Victoria was teaching people how to have babies, mm-hmm. and Gregory and Leanna both how both managed to waggle their way into a ticket for the new Harry Potter. 
Right. The the, the theatre thing. Have you heard of the theatre Harry Potter the thing? The theatre? Now tell me about the theatre. Um, it's this new theatre thing where they have uh, Harry Potter doing stuff on the stage Is in the like London. The, so the theatre's like the cinema, but with more curtains. But, uh, 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 and with bits of meat rather than photons. No. Yeah, and apparently it, you, they got a lot of magicians uh, to design the stagecraft. So there are a lot of impressive uh, illusion tricks and things flying about the stage oh, and good. transformation. So apparently the stagecraft is very good. You remember the uh, controversy about this, don't you? Remember? I remember, I remember something, something about live owls. And worse than that, live black people. Ooh. Remember Hermione? <laughs> what are you talking about? Hermione was cast as a black woman. Oh, well, yeah, I remember hearing something about that. But, but I re- all I remember is that there was there was pleasantly little fuss, wasn't there? There was plenty. Some some people got angry with her because she hadn't described Hermione as black in the uh, in the book. Oh, okay. I, I've not read the book, so yeah. Uh, that, 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 so she wasn't presumably she never described her either way. I don't believe she so. Never no. gave her a race. Well, that's fair, fair play then. If they yeah. cha- if she changed the race. Fair play, then. It wouldn't have mattered. But I can imagine yeah. that stupid people would have gone, eh, but it's not canon to the me, 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 me. Canon is very important to but an imaginary yes, story it, about it about is. a wizard. It is. <laughs> but uh, if she never gave the, the girl a race in the first place, then then yes. So I took them both to um, Kentish Town City Farm, where they had chickens and ducks and goats and a, big, and a big pig which, who, who was fed uh, apples and a uh, cow and so on. But what actually Jessica, a delicious feast. Yeah. But what Jessica and Julie actually wanted to do is there was a... It's interesting. It's an interesting place because it's kind of on a railway bridge and a cliff above <laughs> the Thames Link Line in Kentish Town. It's, right. it's, it's, and the whole farm is on this. And... There was a paddock on the cliff for where there would usually be ponies and uh, for doing dressage or whatever. Mm-hmm. Except there were no ponies. The ponies were on holiday, apparently. Don't know right. where, wherever they were. They were on so, holiday on the special glue farm. Yeah. So we were. So we were all in the paddock, and they spent nearly two hours. Yes. Just digging around in the paddock and burying things like sticks, and then digging them up again, saying they found fossils. <laughs> Fantastic. Because I decided to do something. I said, I'm, "What I'm not. I'm, what I'm going to do is I'm usually." You say, okay, let's move on now. Let's go and get a drink. Let's go yes. and do this. Let's go see the toilet. Let's go to the next adventure, blah, blah, blah. I said, what happens if I just let them carry on with their little obsessions of, uh, and, and I just don't put a stop to what's going to happen? How long is this going to continue for? Right. That was about just over two hours, at which point I said, look, we really got to go and get something to drink now. And there's kind of digging about in the sand and touching who knows what uh, effluent from a, an equine and... Uh, burying things and trying to build a house out of uh, bits of rubble and so on. It's it's amazing what a completely blank rectangle of gravel will give a child or a couple of children. You, It seems you don't actually need anything else than that. What did you do? I, I had to be a, a sick horse. <laughs> so you weren't let off by this? No, no. So, so Julie said, "Oh, oh, I'm I'm buying you from the horse shop. Oh, you're surprisingly cheap. <laughs> That's nice. It was nice. I, I was a horse called George who was surprisingly cheap, and I was hobbling about because my foot is still playing up a bit. So I said, you know what they do to horses who would be hobbling about like this, don't you? Yes, they take them to a horse hospital, not there shoot you go. them in the head. Do, yes. So that, and that's why I was then a sick horse. Ah, I see. I, and, I, uh, I I banged yeah. my knee yesterday with Toby. Oh, I'm sorry. I know, thank you. And I said, oh, I've broken my knee. 
Well, every the, the, if, if if an angel were to blow a kiss at your knee, it would feel like it's broken. There's something about any pressure on a knee that's, <laughs> that's really that a knee is think... the biggest prima donna in the body, except for the funny bone. I didn't think I'd broken my knee. I was just being silly, and I said, yeah, Toby, I need you to if... get me a new knee from the knee shop. And bear in mind mm-hmm. that this is Toby is is, is only just beginning imaginative play. Mm-hmm. He then looked and I saw him and he mouthed the words. He went new knee. And then went, oh, and then reached down onto the floor and got picked up a new knee and popped it where my knee goes. Oh, and was it, uh, and did it work? Yeah, brand new knee. And I, that's lovely. I love moments like that. Does he have an uh, imaginary friend yet? No. No? He does not. No, he does not. Well, I wonder Well, if he long... does, if he may, he just hasn't told us yet. Right. Yeah, he has probably. Dino, his, 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 his best friend. Who's that? His little dinosaur toy. What was that program you were watching on television yesterday and you tweeted yourself? I've not heard of it. It's not a program. It's a YouTube thing. Called, uh, there's a gentleman on YouTube called Blippi. Is is there now. And he... Does I, Blippi need uh, the services of a scone maker? I don't think so. He doesn't... There's no children in his videos. Okay. Um, so it's very clever, is Blippi. It's, I, I looked up who he was and I was not in the least bit surprised to learn that he was a an SEO expert and of content manager for companies and things like this. So more more sinister than somebody who would need the yes. uh, affections of a scone maker. Um, okay. A very cynical exercise. So there's a peculiar thing that I've discovered on YouTube. Um, mm-hmm. No one finds out about until they have spawn. And it is the... Baby bum. The peculiar videos that could never, ever be on television. They would never be accepted as television programmes and yet are far, far better than anything CBBS and Tiny Pop and so on broadcast mm-hmm. um, for capturing the attention of toddlers. There are channels dedicated to, and Toby doesn't care about these, but I know people whose kids do, dedicated to opening Kinder Surprises and building the toys in- inside. Right. Um, there are channels dedicated to GTA F- Grand Theft Auto Five uh, Machinima videos, in which people uh, just uh, kill whores. Have no, they have spider. They have copyright infringement cartoons, or they have Spider Man driving cars <laughs> around roller coasters in GTA Five. <laughs> right. Um, and again, Toby's not interested. But these are millions upon millions of views. Toby's interests are diggers, tractors, monster trucks. Of course, because he's a boy. Um, and he, uh, so we, uh, there are YouTube channels just dedicated to catching, uh, just making really cheap cartoons on computer in which diggers and monster trucks are constructed from the component parts in a cartoon and then drive off and then they start another one and, to- and Toby just stares as if this is pure joy and it could never be on TV because there's no, there's no plot, there's no educational value, there's no, uh, there's no sense of progress and for an adult viewing it's absolutely hideous. So uh, what were you doing there watching it with him? Well this was not that, this was Blippi, so Blippi is, some, is, a, is, is a man who has uh, spotted this, and my guess is, this is all my supposition, but he's yes. spotted this, he's spotted that there's this huge uh, potential for making money by doing this, these, these, key, these core subjects of monster trucks, diggers and tractors. Yes. Um, and he, so he wears a wacky costume with orange glasses and a bow tie and, and a funny hat. And um, he just goofs around with toys on a table uh-huh. in quite high quality presentation um, uh-huh. and just makes silly noises. And they speed up the footage so his noises become funnier. And then he'll just talk about the colours on the toy he's playing with and highlight the different colours and then count the wheels and things like that. And then there's other videos where he goes off and explores actual diggers and he gets, shows you around them and he has a go on them um, or drives a monster truck and all this sort of stuff. 
Right. And then he has songs. So he teams up with the person and they have the tractor song. Um, uh-huh. uh, if only I could remember tunes, I'd be able to sing it to you. Uh-huh. Um, well, I'm very sad that you can't. One of the lines is uh, that tractors work all day, tractors work all night, which Laura has a problem with. She suspects they don't. <laughs> is she going to report Blippi? I think she uh, She's going to press the report button on... Uh... <laughs> On, on YouTube. Uh, so, and, and each of his videos has a good 10 million views. He must be making a lot of money yeah. from doing this. And credit to him, he's doing it really well. And Toby adores him. He's the, literally the only TV character in any, of any sort that Toby asks for by name. He oh says, Blippi, Blippi. Um, and he just absolutely adores Blippi and will watch Blippi do anything. And it's it's... It's hideous, absolutely hideous. So you'd say that Toby has too much screen time then and it's affecting his brain? Yeah, that's pretty much what I'm saying. Mm, sounds like it. Do you ever actually read to him? <laughs> no, no. We've, we've, we've decided that we don't want books in the house because they're a very sort of old-fashioned... Stayed. It'll give him the impression that, 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 that that's, that's a forward-thinking way to live and it isn't. Exactly, it isn't. exactly. Uh, we'll, ha- we'll give him a Kindle for his second birthday. Have you uh, introduced him to a video game yet? Yes, which one? He really, really loves watching Daddy play the Daddy Robot, which is um, uh, Grow Up, a game It's called Grow Up. Never heard of it. Well, no, of course you haven't. You don't know anything about video games. It's a, sequel to, it's a sequel to Grow Home. But it has a funny little wobbly robot who moves like a toddler and uh-huh. and um, and is the Daddy Robot that Toby loves watching. Have I said, t- has Laura told you she's taught Toby to... We're just talking about kids this episode. Screw you, listener. Um, yeah, screw you. We can talk about them sometimes. Uh, Judith likes Pokemon Go. What are you going to do about it? Yeah, come on, man. Come at us. And we actually... And Liana bought her a copy of the uh, Pokemon manga. Good. And she, she's really, really into comics at the moment. She loves Good. comics. So, to- yes. So, Laura's taught Toby to disc- say Daddy's working while doing giant air quotes. <laughs> so, so, he knows the air quotes, does he? Um, yes. So, he goes, Daddy's working. Uh, when I'm at my desk, and but then we Toby, need videos. We need a video of that. Um, presumably, that I don't know if Laura has one. I've taught Toby to do when we do Mummy on the Bus goes. Um, my, he my, so to, if I say to Toby, Mummy on the Bus goes, Toby goes, Hobby Doby Do. Oh, he actually does that, does yes, he? Yes, he does, which is the best thing that's ever happened. Excellent. So we're basically using him to uh, attack each other. Well, of course, that's what children are for. Yeah. So Toby, but Toby now thinks that working is sitting at a desk playing video games. So he Which will sit on is. my lap and put his hands on the keyboard and go, Toba working, Toba working. As all your critics have always said to you, now so says your son. <laughs> and so what, he's going to be so confused when he goes to school. It will it's carry- not going to make any sense. Can we do some work now, please? <laughs> Instead of this maths. Yeah. <laughs> So that's uh, excellent. I'm very proud of him for that. Uh, surely you have to be um, arranging for him to go to school already. It's getting, he's getting to that age. Apparently <laughs> we're, we're supposed to be looking schools. at preschools already. You are? And, and, and then thinking about whether that school's a feeder school or not, etc. Do you know, I'm not giving it any thought. I don't want him to have to go to school. It's so cruel. He'll, he'll be going sooner than you think. I know. Isn't that amazing? Toby pretends to be a baby. It's one of his favourite games is to be to- Baby Toby. And he says, yes. do, do, gaga wah, wah. And you have to try to work out why Baby Toby's crying. Right. He was a baby! Like ten minutes ago! Yeah, exactly. He's pretending to be what he currently is! Exactly. I assume he still defecates in his clothing. He does still defecate in his clothing. Well, he's still a baby then. 
He is, but he he can play at being what he was. I know. A, a, a glimmer ago. It's insane. It's like in Brave New World where they uh, uh, actually describes how some new uh, interns are being looked at with disdain from the people who were, you know, the recent graduates just from a few months before. And it's very, very, very quickly, uh, as you move up one level of hierarchy in your life, the kind of the patronizing disdain you have for where you were just a moment ago. And I think you have fewer of those, obviously, as you get older, but early on you get, you, you, you get a lot of that. So you do see that there's nothing that a, uh, uh, that a six-year-old likes more than mothering a three-year-old and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. It's uh, there's this this funny funny little compression of hierarchies, but uh, it doesn't surprise me. And then he'll he'll eventually he'll want to probably pretend that he's toddler Toby or something like that. Oh no, we were at a, mm. uh, we were at a friend's ga- a gathering, a friend's birthday. Um, Magic uh, on Saturday morning, and there were mm. eight hundred children. Yes, and Toby. Toby falls at just the wrong age. There are a bunch of babies and a bunch of three-year-olds. Oh, three dear. Five-year-olds and then Toby being one. And so he was trying to play or hang out with the older ones. Who, of course, oh, no. who of course were lovely to him because they... Get, well, not necessarily, of course. They could have been sadists. They could have been. But but I went upstairs to see how he was getting on because he was in the bedroom upstairs with the, with the, the, the four or five-year-olds. Uh-huh. And it was, it was my heart was just sort of breaking. He was sitting there watching them play, not knowing how to join in or be part of it, and it was too, <laughs> no, it's too awful. What an idiot! I know, moron. He can count, Nick. You can't count. He totally can. I, I, I saw the video, and I love that it's the usual parents thing where look, my baby's counting, and then you for anybody who isn't the parent and doesn't therefore know his language, you yes. guess. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I didn't watch uh, the video and realize. Uh, no, he says one, two very, very clearly. Three is ambiguous, and yeah, four and five are just slurry noises. And I realized that. But, yes. um, yeah, he... you, you need to work on his diction. What the hell was that banging noise in my house? Uh, oh, I think post-human. so. Post-human. The posty. The posty pop. Yeah, we we do have a post lady. We have a post lady that Toby insists on calling a man. Well, with with a father who is so strict with his gender nomenclature, it's no no surprise, no <laughs> surprise at all. Yeah, <laughs> you're right. I I'm wrong. I'm sorry. You are wrong. Were you very sad when that ro- rocket ship blew up on the launch pad? What? What? I didn't hear about this. What happened? Didn't you see SpaceX's rocket no. that had the satellite in that was supposed to be taking it up for the uh, for the Facebooks to give the internet to the poor people, and the, and it blew up on the launch pad. What was sad is it blew up not when it was going to be taking off, but while it was being fueled. Oh, that's rubbish! How did I miss that and they story? Said, oh yeah, several billion uh, pounds all gone. Wow. And well, so it's, not much, it's not so much the money being gone; it's the ambition that's sad to watch. Blood yes, but. But it'll be interesting to see what happens because they had a they had their little blow up last year as well. Or oh, was it earlier this year? I remember when they were they they had to uh, the, the the rocket blew up in um, as as it was launching. I mean, that, nobody's died, obviously, but mm. uh, otherwise you probably would have known about it. Yes. Well, I'm really but annoyed because I've been I always I keep always look at BBC News app on my phone every few hours and I read the tech page. How did you miss? Doesn't even SpaceX, update at weekends. SpaceX had a, a broken rocket. And the, so here are the three lead technology stories on the BBC website right now. Tech It'll be ta- something about leaves. No, something listen, about, listen, listen, you're wrong, yeah. you're wrong, you're wrong. Tech talent, UK digital clusters mapped is one. How UK lost six potential tech titans and has the UK got tech talent? 
Those are the three lead tech stories, which is probably why I don't know about exploding rockets. And probably is why, also why the UK lost six tech companies. As far as I can tell, it's the same story three times. <laughs> yes. That's very BBC, that isn't it? Tech talent is something the BBC is doing. Across BBC News outlets this week, under the banner Tech Talent, we're asking if the UK can compete in the global technical industry. Technology mm. industry. Yeah. I love reading tech stories on BBC News when it becomes horribly apparent from about the third paragraph that the author has to, hasn't understood the technology. Yes, but, but they're prob- powering through anyway. They've got a press release and they're going to get through to the end of this story. Yeah, yeah but the problem is the head of the BBC tech, Rory Kefton Jones, yes. whatever his name is, he's completely technically illiterate and that doesn't help, does it? I have. I don't know about his technical literacy, but I have noticed that he is the author of a number of these articles where it becomes horribly apparent that he's just muddling through a press release. Well, he is. I, I imagine what, as with the BBC, uh, as usual, I imagine what happened was his parents were a executive producer and said, oh, he, he likes computers because uh, he, he once had a BBC micro. So he was made head of BBC <laughs> technology. I'm going to see if I can find out any more about him. There's a tech guy who's now based in America. I think his name's Lee something. He often contacts Rock Paper Shotgun to get comments. So we like him. You like him. Because he That's mentions good. us on the BBC. He does. He's a British journalist for the JBBC News, specialising in economics and technology. He mm-hmm. was born in London in 1958. Too old to be a techie then, yeah. Oh, Nick, you're never going to believe this. Yeah? Both his father and his half-brother are film and television directors. I, genu- I didn't know about... Oh, gosh, what a surprise. Although... Oh, goodness me, this is written... Like, <laughs> this Wikipedia article was written in 1954. Although Rory was born out of wedlock... <laughs> And was unacquainted with them until adulthood. At which point they made up for it. He was educated at Dulwich College. Private school. An independent school for boys mm-hmm. in Dulwich in South London. Yep. He attended Jesus College, Cambridge. Mm-hmm. And obtained what did he read? BA. He obtained his BA in 81 and his MA in 84, but he doesn't want to tell us in what. Certainly it wasn't computer science. Starting his BBC career as a researcher on the Leeds edition of Look North, he then worked at the London Newton TV newsroom for three years before getting his first on-screen role at BBC Wales. Oh, dear. He later transferred to London and became the business and economics correspondent, appearing on the money programme, blah, blah. The dot-com crash of 2000, he wrote the book Dot Bomb. Mm-hmm. It's actually called Dot Dot Bomb, by the looks of it. Uh, he had covered such issues as the Black Wednesday, but who cares, bliss this, evaluative girls, and it's a fan, How did he become technical, then? In April 2007, he launched Stop the NUJ Boycott, a campaign for a ballot of NUJ members about the union's policy on a boycott of Israeli goods. Mm Mm-hmm. That's good. Yeah, so that's fine. But how did he become a technical correspondent? Doesn't say. He is married to the vice chairman of the BBC Trust. Oh, okay. Fair enough. (laughs) Did I just answer your question? Yeah, you did. Okay. Good. (laughs) Diane Coyle, a former advisor to HM Treasury and the author of the book Sex, Drugs and Economics. So so what happened was he jumped on that coil and bounced into the position. Who knows? Maybe he's extremely talented. We don't know anything about him. But his TV director and his wife is the vice chairman of the BBC Trust. Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. Very good. Look, (laughs) you go from look north to being the BBC technical. Also, notice nothing. It was all economics and business. And now suddenly he had a technical. Okay, good. 58. It would be good if they could get an actual techie. I'll do it. Will you? I'll do it. I'll sacrifice my career and work for the, the BBC. Yeah, you'll, you'll take a, that mere tiny salary you get for being head of a department at the BBC. 
even though I think it'll be fun to work for the BBC, don't you? Oh yes, I'd love to. Gosh, mm. while they're still around, it looks like now that we're going to have Tories for the rest of eternity, they'll be finally be able to ditch them, surely. The important thing is, though, Nick, that Stephen Moffat has backed the BBC over Bake Off. Has he? Okay, yes. well, that everything's fine. Everything's fine. Just as well, I've never watched the thing, isn't it? Because I don't have to be upset. I'm very sad. It's the loveliest thing on television. And now you realise that, like the uh, lizards in V, you pull oh, pull the face and you find venal evil people are behind it. Behind it, but not on it. So far, mm. we've yet to see the dark side of Mary Berry. Yes. Oh, my brother says that there is something that concerns him about Mary Berry that's disconcerting. Really? You have her... She's a real her, goody, I can tell you. Have her, listen, no, no, listen to it. You have mm. her wrinkled hands, wrinkled yes. face. She's an old lady now. And okay, she, she's well-preserved, but you can still she's see 81. she... She's 81. Exactly. She's an old lady and you can see it. And then she opens her mouth to take a bite of cake mm. and you suddenly um, got a, a, a Baywatch set of teeth a in there. A perfect set of pearly whites. Sort of gnashing into the well, cake, just, and apparently she just brushed her teeth twice a day. Isn't yes. like a good girl? And apparently, it's a it's it's a disconcerting. Um... It is odd. It is odd, but that's yes. what people with false teeth so, look like. No, so so, so I said, oh, you so I think yeah, I said, so you prefer to see some of the yellowing old stumps? I said, yes, much more. <laughs> that wouldn't be worrying at all. <laughs> oh, I don't want false teeth. They sound, they look like they'd be very uncomfortable. And you can't think, speak oh, I properly. Know. I know. And they cut the gums, and they're just not nice at all. Surely we can just grow teeth back, get some stem cells and grow some new ones. Let's see, why not? We seem to be able to replace the first set. Why not the second? Like, or like sharks, just yes. continually on a, on a uh, conveyor belt. Or maybe just not eat flour and sugar. I'm going, to inject, off. I'm going to inject shark DNA into my body. See what happens. Go on then. Go on then. I haven't got any with me. I can't do it live on the podcast. Maybe next I, week. I haven't read Sandman. Oh. Should I? I, I no, borrowed I'm, the I'm comics not read, from... I've not read from either, from either but appara- apparently you should. Apparently it's very good. I'm told it is. So You're gaming, I... isn't it, Sandman? Yes. yes. No, so I've not. Shall I, shall I do it? I'm very comic illiterate. I've read Watchmen, obviously. I'd love not to point. be. Yeah, I'd love not to be comic illiterate. Yes, me too. I think I think it'd be a world. Um, what you what you think you find in games, I think I'd find in comic books. The problem with comic books is the world. You need... Too complicated. You need a bloody PhD. Exactly. You need to be... Gregory said to me, he said, it's like studying the Talmud. There are so <laughs> many... The, what this can... You have to spend 20 years yes. of just studying all the canon and what's this and yep. what's, what's, a, what's the Apocrypha and what's that and how do we interpret that? Yeah. I tried idiot. a few years ago to get in and I tried at the best possible time. I tried when Marvel re- zeroed all their books. Yeah. So they said, right, we're going back to issue one of every major book. Um, and mm-hmm. so it's an entry point for everyone. And of course, it absolutely flat out wasn't. They just, of course, it was. They just scribbled, scribbled out the number seven million and eight, and put zero, and put one instead. Of course, um, and carried on as they were. Um, yeah. They reset some of the characters, so um, they killed. So Thor became a Lady Thor, and I started reading Captain America at that time because Captain America went did a whole unique storyline that didn't require backstory. And there were some, there were a few that let you in. But mm-hmm. then very quickly just sort of drifted back into the 70 years of, of, of yeah. 80, 90 years of law. Um, it's yeah. so hard to get in. And even if you start reading one book, then you, at a certain point, these crossover events happen every few months of in course. the universe. And so to really understand what's going on, you now need to read 17 other different series 
Um, and this was especially so. I was reading this when Kieran was writing um, Journey into Mystery, which and his role on Journey. And you know, I hate Kieran with a fiery passion. Yeah. Uh, oh, I saw his book terrible, yesterday at, at, at Forbidden Planet, the phonograph one. Right, phonogram. Yes, yes, that was at Forbidden Planet because we were getting Judy, we were getting Judy her um, Pokemon manga mm-hmm. book. So it was there, and I was looking along the shelf i saw gillen and somebody so then i told i said McKelvey, to my brother gillen, oh look gillen and McKelvey, you would have seen and i said yeah i said look you see that's john's for a friend air quotes Kieran <laughs> gillen. and and he said is he is he the artist or writer and i said is the writer i don't care then the artist the one with the talent I said yeah fair enough who said that sorry my brother said that Your which is true it is actually true kieran, it, 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 the artist is the one with the talent kieran spends an enormous amount of his energy arguing for uh, artists to get equal recognition alongside writers so no, because that's funny agree with you that no but in the comic world it, it is funny it, 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 the writers get all the recognition yep. the artists are just these job mm. job lot replaceable is also the people i assume who if any of the properties were turned into a movie would be the the, the writers would benefit from that far more than the artists i would. think it has, Although, historically it's been the case i I'm, I'm think that the lots of the writers are trying to protect the author the artist the other problem is lots of books have the same writer run and run and run but they change artist well exactly yes so which that, makes the artist seem a lot more expendable exactly. but also but actually my brother said look i don't think the writers would get a lot because i imagine when you sign up for marvel or whatever they'll make you sign a contract which says you have absolutely no rights to your character and your writing and you'll get no royalties if it's made into a film or something like I have, that i don't know about film rights and so forth yeah um but yes is he writing for judge dread now no because that's a british company i thought he was writing for judge dread who's he writing for the big one Ki- kieran yes he's right was his biggest i think he's still writing darth vader i don't know if his run's finished but he certainly was writing that no there was a recently. big franchise Darth Vader was a pretty big franchise. No, there was something bigger he was working. He was doing, it wasn't X Men or he was doing Iron Man for a good while. Iron Man. It's been that's a year right, yeah. or so since he was on Iron Man. Yeah, he did Iron Man. He did very. Right. He did a good. He did an interesting run on Iron Man. I quite enjoyed it. His run uh-huh. on Journey into Mystery was the best comic I think he's ever written. I absolutely adored that. So Journey into Mystery was his best work. What what his what his miss been? What his worst work? Um, I don't think. I don't if Journey into Mystery is the high bar, what's the low bar for you? Obviously, for me, other people so disagree I, I violently with you. What have I enjoyed the least of what he's written? Yeah. Well, the problem is, I would say it's Phonogram, the thing he's most successful for, but just because it's the comic I least... I, it, it's a comic... Of, so the problem is, the comic's based on things I was there for in right. a lot of ways. So while yes. a lot of it's based on his experiences in the 80s, um, it, yes. there's an awful, awful lot in there that's the early 2000s, which is when we used to go to this club together on a Thursday night. Um, yes. And lots of the things that happened in Moles when we used to go on a Thursday were, became fed into Phonogram, and a big part. And what, lots of the characters in Phonogram are based on people I knew from that from yeah, my time there. And which means that you should, it should either be your favourite or your least favourite, depending so. on which I, way they go. I think what I found, and those were really interesting nights for me because I don't enjoy dancing, and so I would very much sit outside <laughs> while they all yes. had a good time dancing. But Moles on a Thursday night had live bands, and I had some fantastic nights, and the magic of it was there for me in certain ways. But the, what Phonogram is about is everything that I like least about it. Yes. Um, which is what Kieran liked most about it. And was so, there loser one jorker sitting on the side of the frame each time, whinging that he wasn't I going to dance? I don't think I've ever been characterised in Phonogram, but I... He did an earlier version of trying to capture that in comics in a thing called um, Negative Land, which he did. I remember that it was on the web. Yeah, I was very much a character in that. In that, I yeah. was one of the I was one of the models for all the photographs. Yes, um, I got to uh, cop off with Chrissy, who's now Kieran's wife. Yes, indeed. Um, the yeah, so 
yeah, that, so it's, for me, I think Phonogram is really alienating as a book to, for me to read because it's it's very much about everything I hated about that culture. <laughs> well, fair <laughs> enough. So, so it's like I, I, if he'd done a negative version of that by right, in the photographic negative, then it would be your favourite, perhaps. Hmm. Uh, oh well. Yeah, but he's done some, well. He Phonogram he was on sale. On, he ran. He wrote. X, he wrote. Had a good run. One of the main X Men comics for a while. Um, right and yeah so he's written lots of major stuff he's now he's, he's no yes that, yes x-men he wrote for x-men yeah. and iron man that's the obviously the biggest thing he's done i would say bigger than iron, iron man. man was a bigger deal really yeah and and you can't you don't can't underestimate how huge darth vader is um as a new, as a new launch comic which is oh it's a launch is it well it's because marvel bought because disney bought marvel a few years ago then yes. they got the rights to all of star wars mm. um so and yeah because disney buying marvel and lucasfilm Meant they, they, I didn't realise that Disney had bought Marvel. I'd forgotten that. Yes, yeah, they, um, they own everything basically. They really do. So hmm. uh, yeah, and he, what else did he do? Good runs on. Um, but so his 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 main books now are he's doing um, a a alternative World War Two story, and I've, my mind is blanking on the name of it, which is about Nazis with robots. Oh my goodness! Which is um, apparently I've not read it, but I've, uh, I'm told it's incredibly good and incredibly um serious exploration of world war Two using lots of allegory and stuff mm, okay um, well yeah maybe that's something to get into yeah and he's doing i don't know he's doing red heat which it's so, it's so funny think... when he's doing a comic which is based on a gag that i remember him coming up with when i was around his house <laughs> and now suddenly it's a famous comic excellent it's all very strange well i i, I await i still await his name appearing on the title sequence of a film I'm, I I think I can't say for sure, but I think I saw something in Iron Man three that was his idea, right? Um, but it's hard it's to know because I don't know because obviously with, with Marvel writers they go for these symposiums a couple of times a year where right. they all get together and plan out Marvel for the next few months. So I assume what Marvel is now it's basically production fodder for movies. I, I don't know. Marvel were in a really interesting situation. So in the 90s, Marvel were phenomenally broke, which is why yeah. Marvel doesn't own the rights to the X-Men and the Sp- until very recently the Spider-Man characters in film. Yeah. They sold yeah. off the rights to these two other production companies just to stay alive, as far as I can tell. Yes. Um, and they were in big trouble. Now Marvel's, uh, Marvel's cine- movie division has the biggest grossing films of all time, if you don't, if you don't count Avatar. Yeah. Um, they are so frighteningly rich at this point. So, yeah, I, lots of the, but lots of the books don't have anything to do with the universe and the movie universe and the movie universe and the comic universe don't overlap. But I guess what's the point of Marvel doing comics anymore? Well, because they're still very popular. People buy them and read them. Yeah, but uh, that's like a thimbleful of water compared with the tsunami that is their movies. I wonder whether the movies are dependent on the existence of the comics in some way. Well, again, creatively, they probably are. And as much as you want to keep the you want to keep the the halo of those characters around and the early adopters, so to speak, and then you can spin stuff out of them. So it's almost like it's the R&D department. For well, it is films. like so next year, um, we, the Avengers Civil War stuff kicks, not Civil War. Um, oh, that's already started without Captain America. But that really gets going next year with the, the two and the year after with the two new Avengers movies. But that's all right. based on stuff that happened in the comics years and years and years ago. So yes, they are taking big, big events from the comic world and reinterpreting them in the movie universe. That's a relatively cheap way of them having a, a conveyor belt of ideas. I don't and think characters. it is cheap from the from the stories you hear for like when oh, you hear about the story behind Ant Man and how 
It was originally written by Joe Cornish and directed by Edgar Wright, and then neither of them was involved in the final product because they just seem to churn through writers and directors. And no, I'm saying it's 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 cheap. It's a cheap way of getting the initial R and D. Making the movie isn't cheap. Like right. just getting you know getting the characters and getting a conveyor belt of ideas and so on. No, making movies is always going to be expensive. No, I don't mean the ma- no. I meant I just meant in terms of writing the scripts and getting the conceiving the ideas for the movie seems to be something. Well, I mean. Awesome. If you, but yes, if you get... you're right. They've got you know. It's not they don't have to think of a new superhero. They can just no. reach deep into their pockets and pull out. Uh, if one you get... seventy years of so so Joe Joe Cornish was kicked off. It was he? I don't believe you. I th- I don't remember. I might be getting this all wrong, but I've got a feeling they quit because they got so fed up. And if you listen, right. read some interviews with Joss Whedon around the time of his second Avengers movie, he was pretty pissed off with Marvel by that point. Well, you'd have thought so. They were very bad movies. In the they end. were terrible movies. It's mm. hard to know how much was was the responsibility of a declining Whedon, who is, in fairness, not made anything worthwhile in years, apart from his uh, Much Ado About Nothing, which is absolutely brilliant. I knew, I knew you were going to say The Shack's Bird. Why? Because I just knew it was going to be The Shack's Bird. I don't know why. Because you like that. I assume that's your way of saying Shakespeare. It's how he spelt his name sometimes. Oh, so why I'm, I'm just I'm going to his, allow his it. much to do about nothing is really good. He made it in a couple of weeks in his house on digital cameras with a bunch of his friends who were famous yeah, actors. Yeah, indeed, you mentioned it, and it yeah. was fine. It was good. It was a good interpretation. Anyway, uh, but yeah. In fact, the only way that William Shakespeare didn't spell his name when we have it in in the writing is the way we spell it today. But fair enough. But yes, he's, the Dollhouse was abysmal. Um, Marvel Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is absolutely the worst thing. Um, and the Avengers movie has been very poor. Uh, it seems it only seems to be when he's doing something to have a break that he's any good. Cabin in the Woods was obviously fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, have you seen that? I have now, yes. yes. What a good film that is. I've seen it twice and I love it. I accept it. Um, I, I love a horror movie that it, that explains every other horror movie. That's a brilliant, a brilliant thing. I wish they'd managed to get. I wish they had a bit more money so they could have bought the rights to Hellraiser and had Pinhead rather than someone who looked a bit like Pinhead and so on. That would have been no. really nice if they could have actually said. Spoiler alert! No, not a spoiler alert. Spoiler alert! No, not a spoiler alert. Spoiler alert! <laughs> Right, we've gone on far too long. Far too long, and we've talked a load of nonsense. We haven't even talked about politics. We haven't, thank goodness for that. Her, that Theresa May, her, that Hillary Clinton, her, that Donald Trump, Putin. Putin. Bye. Corbyn. Bye.